Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 74 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and this week is part two of our three-part Amazon series where we're going to talk about how to sell products on Amazon and uh, kind of optimizing your on-site SEO uh, to rank higher in the search results. And so last week, in part one, if you missed it, we talked about finding products and getting started, some basic things like the buy box ratio, uh, what is the best seller's rank, and kind of fulfilling your products once you list on Amazon. And so check it out if you missed it. So this week's guest is Brad DeGraw. We met earlier in Bangkok around late October, just about a month ago, and he told me he was selling weight loss pills on Amazon and was doing really well. And so we talked about uh, how he gets his traffic, uh, what he does to rank, and kind of how he has an edge above his competitors uh, on Amazon. And before we get into it, uh, some quick updates on my side. Uh, as I said last week, I was testing out Shipwire, uh, the 3PL fulfillment service, with some sample orders, and they got to Chicago all right. Uh, they're in the inventory system, and it's all linked up with my big commerce store. And so what shocked me was the price I got quoted that just to send the small box from Chicago to Sydney and to London and to New York. And so I was quoted around $50 to ship this internationally. And it's not even that big. It's under, you know, two pounds. And I was just surprised at how expensive it was. And I talked to a couple other DCers in my mastermind group. And turns out uh, the shipwire solution is a bit more expensive and you do need some more scale to make it worthwhile to go with them. So uh, for now, I'm looking at some other fulfillment options. So if you guys know anyone, uh, please let me know. Shoot me an email, uh, terry at buildmyonlinestore.com. And so I also got an email the other day from listener Jeremy Barron over at honestoffice.com where they sell office supplies. And they just launched a Kickstarter campaign called Modesca where they sell uh, aircraft-grade desktop stationery. So these things include things like your business card holders, uh, post-it holders, uh, things that can hold your pen. And basically, you just put it on your desk. It's super durable. So these things are basically built to last. They're made out of aircraft grade aluminum so check them out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash modesca all right with that being said uh, let's just get into this week's episode Today, I've got Brad DeGraw, part of our uh, three-part Amazon series. We're going to talk about uh, Amazon SEO and kind of optimizing your product descriptions and information to get a higher ranking. So, Brad, welcome to the show. Uh, who are you and what do you do? My name is Brad DeGraw, and I sell on Amazon. Amazon pays my bills. My special trick is I've been able to optimize the listings so that I get unusual amount of traffic. And how long have you been on Amazon? I've been on Amazon about a year and a half now. I'm in various markets. I do half the business is arbitrage, where I'll sell other people's brands. But recently, I've started my own brand of weight loss supplements. It's nice to have your own brand because you don't have to compete. You can control what's going on with your listing, and it keeps the margins a lot healthier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Ty was talking about earlier, how there's like repricing software, and it can get really competitive when people are squeezing each other down and yeah repricing is an interesting thing i've noticed this that when i raise the price it boosts conversion and when i lower price it boosts conversion it seems like no matter what you do if you change the price people will respond and so i'd encourage people not to set their price and leave it alone but to change it whenever 
sales get static. <laughs> so uh, in our earlier series, we talked about how Amazon products really function off like a bestsellers ranking where basically that's like the algorithm that determines A, uh, how many competitors on your market and B, uh, how fast certain products sell, right? So, you know, if we're taking that framework where say we've chosen a product already, like say remote controlled helicopters, uh, it's, you know, pretty fast moving in the sales rank, you know, how do we even create the product page and kind of take things from there? Absolutely. We'll just dive in. Uh, the first thing is the title. You want this to be relevant. The first three words are how Amazon search finds the products. So for example, your first three words on remote controlled helicopter probably need to be something like remote controlled helicopter, not uh, kids toys or Tyco. Uh, a lot of folks start with the brand name and unless customers are typically searching with the brand name, you're going to miss out on it. Of traffic. So you should actually use the product name, not the brand name, right? Yes, unless your customers are searching for the brand name. And there's software you can do, uh, go in and find out what people are searching on Amazon. But Google makes it pretty easy as well. It's pretty relevant. What people are searching on Google is pretty much what they're searching for on Amazon. So just double check the keywords. Gotcha. So if I'm selling remote controlled helicopters, I would say uh, remote controlled helicopters made by Terry in yellow color or something. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing is don't start with Terry's helicopters. A lot of folks make that mistake and they get missed on the searches. Uh, there are three places to optimize the title. Uh, next, there are the benefits or five bullet points. Use your keywords there. And an, an interesting trick on Amazon is you do not have to pluralize to get the benefit of a pluralize. So if it's helicopter, you don't have to put helicopters to get helicopters found in your search they'll automatically add the S. So I don't have to double stuff it twice with two keywords. Exactly. Don't waste your characters because there are so many great keywords that you want to use every character you can. And so before we get into that, how do you find keywords to use? Like besides your basic product ones, are there's like, because I know Google, you have like keyword planner tool, you have like, like, you know, long tail pro kind of these tools. Like for Amazon, can you use that too? Or how does that work? You can use Google, but the thing is, it is a slightly different traffic pattern from Google to Amazon. People look on Google to get educated. Uh, people look on Amazon to buy. If you're just starting out, you can just type in remote controlled helicopters, the letter A, and see what shows up in the autocomplete. I actually use some custom software that goes in and finds all the relevant trending keywords. Um, but if you don't want to go software, you can just type it in the, the slow way with just looking at what is which populates an Amazon to autocomplete. So I'm just typing remote control helicopter, I'll do space A, I go B, C, and then you just go down the list of certain keywords that pops up, right? Like the, I guess, see there's like 10 words that pop up? Exactly. And sometimes it's not that many, sometimes it's more. That's the long and slow way to do it. I actually use some custom software, but either process is good. The keywords update from week to week, the trends will change. And so if you really, really want to stay on top of it, I actually update my title, benefits, and product description every week with new keywords. I see. So if we're going through this exercise where I'm going A to Z after remote control helicopter, like how do I know which one to target then? Because certain A, I look at it right now, it gives me like eight to 10 results, but if I type J, there's nothing. But like say I have like 100 of these, how would I know which one to go after? Uh, you can actually, after you find remote control helicopters, replacement battery, that's probably one. Click on it and see how many results you have. And see if those look like quality listings. See if it looks like people that you can beat out. Your best competition is, is going to be the ones that are selling the most. 
And so you kind of follow what works for them, what they're ranking for. You try to get ranked for the same thing. Sales rank is a big one, but also look at the reviews. Because sometimes sales rank is deceiving. It's only a snapshot. But if the rank looks really great, but there's only two reviews versus something where the rank is mediocre and there's hundreds or thousands of reviews, that product's actually probably a stronger competition than the sales rank would indicate. I see, just because based on the volume that's being moved and... Exactly, based on the volume and then the, the social proof. If you're a customer, at least from my experience, reviews actually push more sales than sales rank. Something with like 2,000 four-star reviews is better than something with like a one five-star. It's just the way people react to the social credibility of it. If both things look the same, you're going to go with the one with the more reviews. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so uh, we're going back to the optimization thing. You were saying title is important and the five bullet points. And the five bullet points, is this the thing right under like in stock and the listing price? Um, Yeah. If you take the title, it should be right under the title, slightly to the right of the product image. People need the wow more than the how. The technical specs of your remote control helicopter, what frequency it's on, None of that really matters to the Amazon buyer. You can sell a whole lot more with a wow than the how. It's like I'm looking at a helicopter now. It says, you know, full three channels. It can go up, down, left, right, forward, backward. And I guess it's okay, but I guess I kind of expect the helicopter to do that, right? So You can compete against that with a much better listing. Just with, with better copy, you could outperform them. And we're talking the better copy with the right keywords also. Yeah, because optimization is, is dancing not just with the copy that the person's going to see, but also what the search bot's going to see. So it's a little bit of both. So if we go down the page, uh, you know, we have your product title, your five bullet points. Like, What are the next things uh, we can optimize on a page? The next thing would be your product description. Now, you have a whole lot of room here and even room for HTML. Google some of the simple things like um, how to make things bold how to highlight. Highlights are actually good for conversion rate. Um, how to change the font color. It takes time and a lot of testing, but as you tweak these things, you can really boost your conversion rate. Like how many products do you sell on Amazon uh, right now? I have just under 100. Uh-huh. And so when you talk about product descriptions, are you looking at 200 words on average for your products or like 500 or like how detailed do you get? Well, there's a trade-off. When you use HTML, it eats up more characters than the HTML actually is. I use every character possible. And from time to time when I add in a highlight, I may have to take out uh, 10 words. You know, it just depends on what I'm doing is how much, how much copy I have. The copy is mostly for the search box. I found that I could take out most of the copy and it hasn't affected the conversion rate nearly as much as the traffic. Because I think most people, even myself, when I'm on Amazon, I actually click the reviews instead of, like I don't really read the product description as like the first thing. Or maybe I'll read it later because I think by the time I'm searching for something, I already know what to expect. I just want to see what people think about it. Absolutely. And you're really just trying to find out, is this going to be a good purchase? Am I going to regret this later? You're looking at what are the average reviews saying? uh, What's a couple five stars and, and Typically, if you're like me, you're going to look for a three-star and a one-star. At least read a few. Yeah, you always want to see what people that are not happy are saying just in case you're one of them, right? Exactly. What's the worst-case scenario? And so product description, I guess, you know, it sounds pretty critical, but it doesn't sound like it's like, whereas like, you know, traditional e-commerce store with your own .com, like product descriptions are like, oh, they're like very critical. But it sounds like on Amazon, it's kind of just like a, 
nice thing to have, but not absolutely like groundbreaking. Yeah, the reviews, like you said, are more important because that's where all your social credibility is. Is this going to be a good or a bad decision? One more trick is the image. A lot of people miss this. They upload an image and it's not zoomable. So it depends on which uh, helicopter you're on. If you just take the mouse and you roll over it, ideally it needs to zoom in and be a very large image. Is that what you're seeing on listing you're on? Yeah, on this one helicopter one, like I think there's a standard like 1,000 pixel image that doesn't zoom, but then you there's like six or seven more that at different angles I can really zoom in on like the remote, like on what the helicopter looks like and things like that. That little trick there, making the image zoomable, will double your conversion rate, or at least it has in my experience. It took a conversion rate from 7% to 14% with that one little tweak. It's huge. It's not just high resolution because you want it to look good when they zoom in, but the size, it's a ridiculous size. And the bigger, the better. It'll adjust on its side. What that is, is that's almost like an online test drive. People can't really touch what you're selling them. So that allows them to almost do a virtual inspection so they can kind of look, what is it? And kind of zoom in there. Yeah, so notice some of them have text in the photo. I thought you could only have white photos, or is it just only the main one has to be a white one? Um, Amazon has some leniency. Your main image needs to be compliant. Ideally, all your images will be compliant, but Amazon seems to have some leniency uh, for all your secondary images. Yeah, like I see, or maybe this guy's moving a lot of product because he has like 1,700 reviews, and he's like a four-star, so I guess he can probably get by with something a little bit more, huh? I'm not sure if they treat different sellers differently, but I do notice there's there's a lot of um, non-compliant photos that get passed. One of the, the cheats on that is customers can do anything. Amazon doesn't have nearly as many rules for customers. So some sellers will have customers upload or have a customer account and upload non-compliant images oh like i'll pretend to be a buyer but i'll upload my own photos as a customer and exactly and so that's kind of a gray area amazon allows it and if it's a helpful picture then it does help the buyer yeah because they're trying to get people actually with the package what it looks like once you get at home to post onto the product that helps with conversions yeah yeah i mean because that's the ultimate thing is you're trying to get the customer to visualize what's their experience going to be and most of these images, they're not, they're just stationary images. So something with a, a live background, an action shot helps, helps that conversion. So we move down the optimization kind of page, uh, I guess after product description is like Q and A's. So you, you brought up something interesting when we met earlier in Bangkok, you were saying how you can actually have people pose, I guess, like as customers and create Q and A's for them, or how does that work? Yeah, this is an interesting, Thing I've found on Amazon is the customer questions and answers. If a question gets posed but not answered within a few days, Amazon will send a message out to every buyer who's bought that. And what this does is it helps you stay on top of mind, especially if you're a consumable product, maybe not a helicopter, but um, perhaps a supplement, things like that. So you're actually getting a little more audience engagement. Also, if you want to optimize and maybe get some Google spillover, you can type in questions or have someone post a question like, well, on this helicopter, does this come with a charger? Does it come with a controller? Some very common questions that people are Googling these questions. 
And so it's nice because when they're looking on Google, that will actually rank on your Amazon page. So when I don't answer it, Amazon will tell people, hey, you know, you bought this helicopter. Do you mind help answering this question about this product since you have it? Exactly. Yeah, if you scroll down, you'll see probably most of those questions have multiple answers, not just one. And that's because Amazon sent a message out to all the customers saying, hey, will you help answer this? And so there again, that's as good as a review because it shows the customers who are potentially going to buy it that they're not alone, that they are making a decision that several other people have made before them and they didn't die. I see. So the optimization part is to pretend to make some questions and then you get the engagement through Amazon by not answering your own questions, right? Well, and you should answer the questions, especially if several days go by and no one answers it. Go ahead and hop on there and answer it. This is also a nice way to get some keywords in there. Uh, the keywords can show up in the question. Keywords can show up in the answer. So it's also another SEO, I don't want to say hack, but it's it's basically a hack to show up where others aren't. Yeah, and so if you answered the question already, would Amazon still send it to existing customers? I've found that they don't. No, they, they tend to send only unanswered questions out. Now, that could change because Amazon changes. Yeah, like the algorithm could always change, but, but I guess it's helpful to have that engagement and then you can always add on top of it. Exactly. And it seems that the most helpful response is the one that shows up at the top. So even if you're the last response or somewhere in the middle of the pack, that can get voted up as the most helpful response and that shows up. And so I guess that's it because I'm on the Amazon page and I'm scrolling to the end and I guess the Q&A is the last part? Yeah, the Q&A and then it segues right into the reviews. Um, if I could, I'd like to throw a do not do into this list. A lot of new folks, they'll get fake reviews posted. And the problem with that is Amazon's fairly sharp and Amazon customers are fairly sharp. Those are going to get found out, they're going to get criticized, and they will get removed. You want an Amazon verified purchase. People are looking for that. Yeah, it means he actually bought this and is writing the review, not just some random guy. Exactly. That means it's not your cousin or your neighbor. So if you are going to go out and look for reviews, make sure people are actually buying the product before they post the review. Um, otherwise, you're kind of wasting your time and it will come back to bite you. Because yeah, I know there's some paid services that offer Amazon reviews like this now, right? Like it's yeah, kind of- there are a handful of them and they have varying, varying degrees of service. My experience is run a promotion, get a, get a bunch of transactions, and as long as you did the research and you're providing a good quality product, you will get the reviews. So it just takes time. I notice I'm clicking on one of the pages now. Uh, the reviews have sub-reviews too. Like I'm looking at remote-controlled hel- helicopters. It has a separate review for like durability, uh, fun, and educational. Uh, does this calculate into the overall star rating too, or how does that work? Uh, it doesn't calculate into the star, but it is nice for SEO. It shows that the not just the page, but even the review, every review is actually its own backlink. And so even that backlink will have some depth to it. So the more reviews you have, the more backlinks. And the more comments on the reviews, the more backlinks to those backlinks. And it's just a link to the product, right? Exactly, back to your product list. And do those links actually have link juice or is it just because of the extra exposure with the link on the review? It actually has link juice. I see, but how Amazon does it, we're not really sure, right? Because it's much different from Google, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. But the nice thing is every review generally has your keywords in it. So it's a it's a backlink with keywords rich 
especially because it'll have the name of your product. If nothing else, it'll have the name of your product in the review as the title. All right. And so, so do not think is to do fake reviews or anything else? Be patient. Also, show up. When someone has a one-star review or has a problem, don't ignore it. Go ahead and, especially if they're in public saying what their problem is, you need to in public respond to that. Worst case scenario, just give them their money back. You may not make money on that transaction, but the hundred other people who read it, you'll be able to get their business. And if you're playing long ball, that's the way to do it. Uh, don't ignore the people who have problems. Go ahead and show up, especially if they want to make the conversation public then you need to respond publicly. Yeah, because like, cause if you say, hey, you know, message me this way, let's take care of it. It looks kind of like, looks a little under the table. And I guess you might as well just be upfront and other people can read it. And if they like how you're interacting with them, it can you can turn it around too. Exactly. And, and the main thing you're trying to convey is that you will take care of the problem, but you're trying to communicate to all the future people who read it that one, you show up, you pay attention, that you do have a good product, this was an anomaly, and that even when the anomaly happens, you're there for the people. If you can do those three things, even your one star can help your long-term growth. Because then your one star, when someone clicks it, they'll see how you took care of it, and then it gives a different uh, view on your whole business. Exactly. Too. And so uh, one thing you touched upon earlier was how you change the keywords every week. Because I understand like the algorithms, the rankings are always changing. So like, how does this play into the overall strategy in terms of optimization? Trends move. Nothing stays the same for very long. That's just the way the internet works. So as the trend, the keywording trends will shift. If you do the research each week or even a couple times a month, if you shift with them as the current moves, you'll be in the center of the current. 99% of the sellers out there We'll do the research once, get a product page up, and they're done. And over time, the trend will move. If you move with it, you'll be over to, you'll be able to overtake the competition. And so when you do the keyword research, you said you had software that helps you do this? Yeah, absolutely. And is this like publicly available software or do you develop it uh, yourself? Uh, this came from Ryan Dice. This is one of his products. I'm sure he had a developer put it together for him. Yeah, but basically it's just, it's like a tool that just tells you keyword trends and then that's it or? Yeah, it's specifically formatted uh, for Amazon. Amazon has its own API, just like Google or any other site. And you can type in your main keyword, say remote control helicopter, ask it to look for Google or Amazon or both. So for this example, you just have it search for Amazon, you hit find keywords and in a minute or two, it'll come up with that keyword and all the long tails and deviations to go with it, and it'll rank them one through 10 with what's most uh, popular on the searches. It could be the difference between saying the, uh, there's nothing like the sound of the Simo S107 blades when you turn it on to changing it from that brand to that model or that blades to sound of the wings. Because the keywords will change from week to week, what's trending, and little things like that can be a significant boost in your traffic. Yeah, I think I remember when we met in person, you were saying how, say, if you're selling like pills, like 100 milligrams, changing it to like 30 milligrams, because people are searching for 30 more, you could just get more sales that way by tweaking this number. And yeah, sometimes it's as simple as um, adding the space or spelling out milligrams. Like little things like that, customers, for whatever reason, the trend will change. If you just show up where that trend is, 
that's where the traffic is. And have you found the Amazon kind of SEO optimization algorithm to be pretty consistent? Because like, you know, we always hear Google how there's like different like penalties, like Penguin, Panda. Does this happen with Amazon too? Change, but it's not crazy. It hasn't been radical. I've never seen, I've never really been Amazon slapped. Like people get Google slapped. Uh, Amazon will take out features and they'll put them back sometimes. Sometimes they won't. You just have to kind of roll with it. Just like Google, they don't announce anything. They just do it and see what happens. For example, like customer images. This summer, they took out all the customer images. Millions of images just disappeared. A lot of people freaked out. And Amazon said, sorry, this is what we've decided. This is what it is. And we appreciate your feedback, but it's not going to change. And then about three weeks later, no announcement. Customer images are back. And you're able to upload images again. Yeah, it's like how they decided to shut down their affiliate program in like Maine or like California for a while, and everyone freaked out because, like, I guess the danger is when you build your business on someone else's platform, you're playing on their turf, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's their sandbox. Um, you got to play by their rules, or you have to go home. Yeah, exactly. So when you're looking at like Amazon as a whole, like, do branded products have an advantage there because they can dominate? Like they have their own space and no one can really sell the same thing or are they at a disadvantage because there's so many products on Amazon that can compete with them? It really depends. So large brands like Crest Toothpaste, people will actually search for that brand. See. But if I'm starting like say my own brand of remote controlled helicopters, how would I approach this then? Because my sales probably won't be as high, but I have something unique that's my own too. Yeah, and some of it is you have to reach out you have to build your audience and start promoting outside of Amazon because organic is going to take you quite a while. So you can run promotions on Amazon. You can run them outside of Amazon. The main thing is, is becoming something that's newsworthy so other people will help to spread the word on how good your product I see, is. I see. And for someone that's making like a branded product, does it make sense to sell it on your own site and Amazon? Or like how, what's your philosophy on that? I've been focusing completely on Amazon. Just this last week after Bangkok, I uh, put up a website. But everything I've done has always been on Amazon. Um, I drive traffic from like deal websites or social media. And just I've always driven traffic to Amazon. It, it converts there. and There's a lot of social credibility. People know that they're safe with Amazon versus a third-party website. It's still a gamble. Yeah, like unless you build up a brand like, say, Louis Vuitton or something, you wouldn't really list on Amazon because it looks kind of weird, right? Whereas, I guess it depends on your product too, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. And so the nice thing, Amazon's made a fantastic name for themselves of being the best for customer service. So you know if you're buying it on Amazon, it doesn't matter what happens. They're going to take care of you. You know, we talked about uh, product titles, the five bullet points. I see some even only use up to three. So I guess they have a lot of space they're missing out on. And then kind of the product descriptions and the Q&A. So besides these, you know, kind of four or five places to optimize, is there anything else we missed talking about? You know, those are the biggies. And show up. Just a little bit of customer service, especially when people have problems. Because the internet, it has a long-term memory. You don't show up and let people know that you'll take care of your stuff, that you have good products. These are the things that 99% of sellers are missing out on. And if you do that, if the new sellers would do that, they'd be able to compete long term. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right, very cool. And so, Brad, do you have a blog that we can find you at, or are you just all on Amazon uh, 24-7? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like I'm on Amazon 24-7, but yeah, I have a blog that's called fbahotlist.com. All right, very cool, very cool. All right, well, uh, thanks again, Brad, for joining us today. Uh, certainly very helpful on kind of opt- Amazon optimization uh, in our three-part series. Uh, you guys can find out more about Brad at fbahotlist.com. And uh, Brad, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. Have a good one. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.